Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hey folks, Dr. Tim Jordan here, and I appreciate you stopping by here for this podcast, Raising Daughters, every week. And I read a story recently. I I had uh, told this story at my talks years ago, and I just came across it again. I And this kind of motivated me to do a podcast today on the topic of empathy. Let me tell you the story first. I read that the author, Leo Biscaglia, years ago, he had heard about this contest that someone was asked to judge. And the purpose of this contest was to find the most caring young child. And the winner ended up being a four-year-old boy whose next-door neighbor was an old gentleman who had recently lost his wife. Upon seeing this old man cry, the little boy went into the old man's yard, climbed up into his lap, and just sat there. When his mom asked him what he had said to the neighbor, the little boy said, Oh, nothing. I just helped him cry. Empathy is the ability to sense other people's emotions. It's the ability to imagine what somebody else might be thinking or feeling. And it's the ability to take the perspective of other people. Uh, it's an understanding that other people have feelings, and those feelings count as much as yours do. And it's a learned behavior. I know when Ann and I have traveled around the country and the world giving talks to parents, which sometimes we do an exercise we call Begin with the End in Mind where we ask the parents to imagine their kids all grown up, 25, 30 years of age, and what kind of qualities do they want their kids to have. And every time we've done that list, all over the world, empathy is one of the qualities on the list. From an emotional, or excuse me, from a scientific standpoint, emotional intelligence is the ability to accurately perceive your own and other people's feelings, their emotions, and to understand the signals that emotions send about relationships and other people, and to manage your own and others' emotions. So emotional intelligence is tied to empathy. The author, Dr. Brene Brown, she defines empathy as feeling with people. And she notes that it's a vulnerable choice because it requires a person to tap into something personal that identifies with the struggle of another person and it triggers your own feelings from past experiences. So empathy allows us to not only feel other people's feelings, but also it usually brings up our emotions as well. And one of the nice things about empathy is it tends to breed more courage. I read about a recent study of about 900 young people aged 11 to 13. These are are researchers at University of Kent. They found that participants in this study, these are 11 to 13-year-olds, who had higher levels of empathy were much more likely to to engage in assertive bystander behavior. That's what they called it, assertive bystander behavior. In other words, they were willing to stand up to bullies on behalf of somebody else outside their peer group. My wife and I have worked with girls in schools for 25, 30 years in a program called Strong Girls, Strong World, where we'll go in and work with a classroom of of girls. 
first, fourth graders, sixth graders, third graders, high school kids, teams, etc. And one of the exercises that we do, especially with the kind of grade school age kids, is we do a, a role play called Guardians. And what we'll do is we'll set it up where there's like three girls sitting on the floor, pretending they're at a lunch table. And there's one empty seat. And then we ask a fourth person to walk up and say, hey, guys, can I sit down with you today? And then we, we ask one of the kids to volunteer to be kind of like the quote unquote mean girl who says, no, you can't sit here. There's no room, blah, blah, blah. And the other two, we say, just go along with that person. Like she's the leader of your group. And so we play it out. So the girl walks up, says, hey, can I sit down with you guys? And the, and the uh, mean girl says, no, you can't. There's no room. And then the kid says, yes, there is. And the mean girl says, no, there isn't. And the other two start to just support and back up and say the same thing that the quote unquote queen bee says. And then we'll stop. And then we ask all the rest of the class to get into the shoes of each of those people in the role play. Why might someone end up being a follower? They know it's not right to be unkind, to leave people out, but they did it anyway. Why might people do that? Get in their shoes and walk around in there. Why might someone be the person who's leaving people out? Why might someone be the person who ends up being left out a lot? So they, we've, we're trying to teach them to get into the shoes of other people to try and walk around and see things from their point of view and to feel things. What are they feeling? Because if they can connect on a feeling level, that motivates them to not want to do that kind of bad behavior, if you will. And so we teach them uh, then to do the role play in a second way. We'll have the person walk up, do the same thing. But we told we tell the two quote unquote bystanders who went along the first time, we tell them this time, we want you to stand up for your friend. Just show us some way to stand up. So the girl walks up, says, can I sit down? The queen bee says, no, you can't. There's no room. And then the other kids, one of the kids will stand up and say, hey, why don't you come sit down? And they'll just pull her down in the circle. Sometimes they'll, they'll say, you know what? That's okay. And they'll stand up and they'll walk off with that person to another table. They, they show us different ways you can stand up for a friend. And what's fascinating is, Without saying anything, when one of the girls walks off with the, with the other girl, the other kid who had been following along the first time will look at the, at the queen bee, look around, and then oftentimes they stand up and they walk off too. Because that person who was empathetic and got in her shoes and took some action inspired them to do the right thing. That's the value of empathy. There's another exercise we do with kids in schools. And we call it the mole and the porcupine. That's an old, I believe, Aesop's fable where, where some moles spent the whole fall getting ready for winter. They were digging their holes and, and bringing in grass and things. They got some food in there, they increased their storage for the winter. But the porcupine was running around playing, was like laughing at them for why, why you guys are so worried. No big deal. Didn't do anything to prepare for winter. And then the first big snow hits. And the moles go back into their hole and they're all warm and cozy. They have food. And the porcupine is freezing. So he knocks on the door. He says, hey, I'm so cold. I, I'm going to freeze. I can't survive out here. And the moles finally agree, okay, we'll let you into our, into our hole, into our little den. And the porcupine comes down and they're living together, which is okay for just a little bit. But then the, po the moles keep bumping into the porcupine and he's sticking them with his quills. So there's, there's all this stuff going on. And so we'll stop the exercise or the story and then we'll ask the kids to line up and pick a partner and then one of them's a mole and one's a porcupine and we tell the moles to, to share with the porcupine how they feel about what's going on 
and the porcupine just, just are told to mirror back and listen and get in their point of view into their shoes and see it from the mole's point of view. And then the porcupines talk about their point of view and the moles just listen and get in their shoes. And once both sides understand the other person's needs, then we t tell them, why don't you guys come up now with a win-win solution that works for both of you. And what's fascinating is all the different creative ideas the kids come up with. Things like uh, the, uh, the moles say, we'll build you a separate room so you, then you won't build, uh, bump into us. We had some kids say that they would take some marshmallows and stick them on the ends of the quills so when they bumped up into the moles, it wouldn't hurt them. We've had all kinds of fun, fun, fun uh, solutions. But the, the point is, you cannot create a win-win solution with people and have that kind of connection unless you've been willing to get into their shoes and see it from their point of view and understand their needs. You can use everyday examples in, in movies and in TV shows, books, news stories, um, and also in your personal lives when you hear about aunts, uncles, friends, peers. You can use, use those examples to have your kids get into the shoes of the other person and see things from their point of view. Besides empathy, giving kids more courage and also helping them to create win-win solutions with people. There's been research that shows that people who have uh, good levels of empathy have stronger interpersonal connections. They're more eager to collaborate. They're more effective uh, with negotiations. They demonstrate more compassion, offer support. They're better team players who are more willing to work with other people to solve problems. All obviously good things that we want our kids to grow up with. So there are, there are lots of things I think we can do to help kids learn to develop more empathy. One of them is through their pretend play, playing with dolls, uh, any kind of pretend play, actually. It allows kids to get to adopt different personas. So when they're doing pretend, pretend play, they can end up being you know, the bad guy. They can end up being Batman. They can end up being another kid. They can end up being a teacher. So they face dilemmas. They solve problems, quote unquote, in character. So in a sense, they're putting themselves in the other person's body and the other person's shoes, and they're seeing things and acting out as if they were someone else. That's a good thing. Sometimes if we're called into a school to work with a class of girls who are having a lot of drama and issues, we'll sit them in a circle, and I have this, this little bag full of these little Fisher-Price dolls, and we'll put the dolls out in front of us. We'll have asked for a volunteer. And then we have them come up and show us how they see what's going on in the class, how they see the interactions and the relationships. And it's fascinating because they'll say, here's this three girls over here at recess and they just play with themselves. And then there's this big group of kids who play soccer over here. And then their boys are over here. And then there's usually uh, this one person who walks around alone. So they start to show us and themselves how they see the class. And we usually ha end up having a half a dozen at least people come up to show us. And oftentimes it looks different because they're different. It's important for the class to see that other people see things different than you do. It's also been shown with research that reading together with your kids helps them to develop empathy, even reading fiction. There's a children's book author and illustrator. Her name is Anne Dudney. And she says... Uh, and she echoes that finding when she says that when we open a book and share our voice and imagination with a child, that child learns to see the world through someone else's eyes. Together, parents and kids can look at a character's body language, their facial expressions, and then identify corresponding emotions. 
parents can, can pause while they're reading to ask, how do you think that kid uh, is feeling right now? How'd that, how'd, that, how'd that action from her friend make her feel? How would that make you feel if you were that kid? What would help them to feel better? So you can use stories like that, just like you can use TV shows and movie characters and scenes uh, and all kinds of things in life to, to, to pause and ask, how do you think that person is feeling? Take it out of yourself and notice the other person. Notice their body language. Notice their facial expressions. Notice their tone of voice. This is especially true for boys who in general are wired since birth to be a little bit less emotionally sensitive to those kinds of things. We really need our boys to learn that. And we can do that through books and movies and, sh- and TV shows, those kinds of examples, and ha- having boys notice those things. I think reading good literature can, can be a powerful way to develop empathy, um, just like, like studying uh, history. Because if you, if, you read, if you read history, you're getting in the shoes of people from, from past times, and you're, and you're trying to see, wonder what it was like for them. I think the, the, uh, um, the whole issues we've been having around this country, around race and diversity in the last five to ten years especially, is trying to help people see things from the, from the point of view of people who are African-American. It's different. There's a, I read a really good book recently called How the Word is Passed by Clint Smith, where he goes to different parts of the United States and to very famous places like Monticello. Uh, there's a plantation down in, another plantation down in the south. He goes to the Louisiana State Penitentiary. He goes to Central Park. He goes to the Statue of Liberty. He goes to places that are famous, and he, sh- and he talks about the stories about that time from the black perspective, from the African-American perspective. It's fascinating to see the stories in a different light, to actually see the truth about what went, really went on. That's what good literature, that's what reading history can do. It can help us see things from somebody else's point of view. So I think regularly helping your kids consider other people's perspectives helps them become more empathetic. It helps kids get better at tuning into other people's feelings, how they might see things. You can just use those kinds of lessons to discuss with your kids ethical dilemmas that also help them to appreciate different perspectives. Are you helping your kids empathize with people who are different from them in terms of gender, race, class, or other characteristics. There was a study done, I've mentioned this before in a previous podcast by Samuel and Pearl Oliner, O-L-I-N-E-R. It was a couple in Germany who, uh, who studied people during the Holocaust, during World War II, studied the people who had helped the Jews. And the people they studied were non-Jewish people, but they had gone out of their way and risked their lives to save people, Jewish people, from the Holocaust. And, he, and these, this couple in this research wanted to know what helped those people to have that kind of empathy and compassion. And one of the things that he had found was that those people were parented differently in a more authoritative kind of parenting where they, their parents used more reasoning, explanations, and those parents had, uh, those, the people who had helped save people, they had parents who helped them to see people in a different way. He t- those kids have been taught to respect people of all types, despite perceived differences in things like race or religion, etc. That had started when they were kids. And because of that, they developed a deep kind of empathy that allowed them to risk their lives. 
there's so many chances to acknowledge our kids when we see them go, going out of their way to show kindness and compassion in big ways and small. I would look for those opportunities because then they start to see themselves as being empathetic people. Higher levels of empathy and understanding produces more courage to do the right thing, to speak out against injustice, to stand up for other people, to stand up to the bullies in their school. Empathy can be one of the most important qualities that we can help develop in our young people who will then go on to become successful people in a very complicated world. Let me leave you with a, an idea that I read years ago um, from Archbishop Desmond Tutu. It's a concept in Africa called Ubuntu. U-B-U-N-T-U. He said, and Desmond Tutu said, true, true peace can be found in the African concept of Ubuntu. Ubuntu is a concept that we have in their Bantu language at home. Ubuntu is the essence of being a person. It means we are people through other people. We cannot be fully human alone. We are made for interdependence. We are made for family. When you have Ubuntu, you embrace others. You're generous, compassionate, empathetic. Archbishop Desmond Tutu also said that if the world had more Ubuntu, there would be no war. The powerful would help the weak, and that is where peace is to be found. Make it important that you very consciously affirm kids for their empathy, for their compassion. Use stories and reading and TV shows, examples. I often encourage parents of daughters, this is true for boys too, to get in the shoes of the leaders around them. Because I want them to become leaders if they, if they choose. And so if you are unhappy with your playing time, at soccer, if you're unhappy with some new rule at school, if you're unhappy with what's going on in our country, I, I encourage parents to encourage their kids to get in the shoes of that leader. Get in the shoes of your coach, your principal, President Biden, whoever it may be. Get in their shoes and see it from their point of view. And But even more importantly, if you were that person, if you were the soccer coach, if you were your teacher, if you were the principal, if you were the president of the United States, what would you do? What would be your solution? Because if we can get people to empathize and get and to try and see things from that person's perspective and to get in their shoes and act like them in their minds, it gives them the courage to become leaders. They start seeing themselves more as a leader than a victim. Like the parents around the world who have told us that empathy is, is an important quality, I agree with them. I agree. And I, so I want us to do everything we can to help cultivate that in our children. Thanks for stopping by every week with this podcast. Pass it on. Check out my website. I always tell you this, www.drtimjordan.com. I'm very happy to also get your feedback about these podcasts, things that you like, don't like, things you want different. I will see you back here in a week. Thanks so much for stopping by. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.